Hey, welcome to this week's episode of the Entrepreneur Podcast, where every week we talk about how you can bring your creative dreams to life. My name is Cole. My name's Adam. Oh, hey, Adam. Howdy. This week, we're going to talk about uh, connecting deeply to our creative work through the lens of an experience I had uh, just on Sunday. I'm excited to hear about it. So I was at a dance performance, and one of the pieces uh, contained more spoken word elements, recorded audio of someone speaking than it did of musical sections with dancers. And I will say that the movement and the choreography of this particular piece was actually quite beautiful and compelling. However, the spoken word sections of this piece were the speaker, uh, the, the person who was behind the microphone, talking about their need to distance themselves from the creative work in order to protect themselves emotionally from what might be said about them or what people might think as the result of work watching or experiencing their work. And I had a really hard time sitting through this performance because my kind of basic thought was, if you have decided to distance yourself from the things that you're making, why in the world are you subjecting me to them? Yeah, that's uh, a weird thing to tell an audience. <laughs> and, and, and it was, okay, I decided that emotionally I can't really handle being connected to my work. And, you know, through history, people have been, creativity and uh, suffering have been linked and... In the past, there used to be things like the muses and Greek and Roman culture where people would say if, if you made something or you had this creative genius inside of you, you couldn't necessarily even take credit for it. But you also couldn't take full blame if it sucked and because it was all the muses, these kind of fairies. And there are a few other examples along the way. And I just had a really hard time sitting through the whole thing. <laughs> Afterward, I was in the lobby. And somebody said, oh, that's word for word the TED Talk given by Elizabeth Gilbert, who was the author of, is the author of Eat, Pray, Love, which has sold 10 million copies. I looked it up. And the, uh, the, the TED Talk has been viewed more than 20 million times. Wow. So I'm just going to caveat this right here and say... I don't know how many people are going to listen to this podcast ever, uh, but it will be in the thousands, not in the millions. It will not be in the 20 millions. And nothing that I've ever written uh, has ever been read by 10 million people. So maybe I could just say, what in the world do I know? (laughs) But I'm going to, I'm going to help us think through maybe some other perspectives when it comes to this. Um, Because I really think that at the end of the day, the only thing we have to bring to our work is ourselves. And I think it's really important that instead of attempting to devise coping mechanisms to distance ourselves from the emotional connection to and journey of our work, that it's really important for us to actually come to our work fully. Yeah. And it's also worth mentioning, uh, commercial success doesn't necessarily equal healthy process uh you can you know make a work that people like and sells well and and you could be unhealthy behind the scenes and have a hard time mentally dealing with that and there's people who are you know performing for 30 people or wrote a book that no one bought but they're happier 
maybe mm. yeah in their creative process and that's okay yeah. so we're not just saying this is good advice if you want to be successful and sell a lot of books yeah i mean i think that this is a conversation that i hope all of us regardless of where we are kind of in that hierarchy of or just different states of existence in uh, the number of people who are connecting to our work. Like, I think that this is a, a good thing for us at any level and respect to that. And instead of disting our, distancing ourselves from our work, let's come to the work healthy. And I think that is the big thing that I had such a challenge with in listening to what was being said because it was throughout time, creativity and suffering have been linked. So how can we adjust our relationship to the work so that we don't suffer as much? And what I would say is, yes, creativity and suffering have been linked, but it's not because creativity inherent in creativity is suffering. It's because people who are creative are often deeply attached to how they feel. And in order for us to have healthy lives in general, but also have healthy creative lives, it's really understanding, coming to a deepening understanding of why we feel how we feel and what we do about it. And so I'm just going to talk through some things that I've learned along the way that have been really helpful for me and my relationship to the work that I've made. So the first thing is this, I have inherent value. And I think this is the biggest thing that we can learn. Is and, and this is for artists, this is for anybody who has a job, this is for anybody who does anything, is that if we come to whatever it is that we're making without an understanding of our inherent value, we then come to that work trying to derive value through it. And if that's how we're approaching it, we will never find what we are looking for. Yeah, I think there is a uh, personality type I've heard it called approval addiction and that can be a very unhealthy way to approach your art and, you know, trying to find approval and value in creating something that someone else likes is just going to be a dead end street because you're never going to make something that everyone likes and you're not, you're not always going to make something that the one person you want to care hmm. likes. Yeah. You know? And, and for me, I've come to this conclusion. I've come to this realization by in my past coming to my work hoping that it will validate me, hoping that it will bring value to me, hoping that it will make me feel about myself the way I want to feel, hoping that it will make other people like me the way I want to be liked. And what I've realized is, I actually just quantified this for a, a thing. In the last 10 years, essentially the things that I have made have reached close to half a million people. Like half a million people have experienced the things that I've made over the last 10 years of my life. And that to me is like, okay, if you would have asked me 10 years ago if that was significant, I would be like, uh, yeah. But now that it's happened, it's like, okay, I've, I'm grateful for the things that I get to make. I'm grateful for the things that I've gotten to make. I'm grateful for the things that I will get to make. But None of those things and none of those accomplishments has ever made me feel about myself the way I want to feel. And it has never resulted in me feeling more valuable in the eyes of other people. Yeah, I have a 
solid example of that too. One of my songs on Spotify is creeping up towards a million right now. Oh, excuse me. And congratulations. But you know, when you see other people, I finally respect you, Adam. <laughs> exactly. When you see other people's songs and their profiles got like one million, two million, three million, you're like, man, that must be awesome. Yeah. But then when it happens to you, you're like, okay, how do I get my other songs uh-huh. to catch up? And how do I do this and that? And it's not. It's not like a, it's more of a bus stop than a mountaintop, if that makes sense. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, it is what it is. Right. Yeah. But uh, we, we can move on from that. And here's, here's what happens when we come to our work, understanding our own value apart from the work is that it honestly becomes this platform that frees us to make anything that we want. And I think for a lot of people, and again, I'm saying this from firsthand experience, that come to the work trying to find value and approval through it, the means of making are tainted by what can I make to get me to feel the way I want to feel and to get other people to feel about me the way I want them to feel about me. But when we come understanding our inherent value, it allows us to say, what do I want to make today? And how can I find enjoyment in making it? And that is honestly a really great place to be making from because I think that's when we start experiencing the joy of actually making things. Is not when it's a mechanism to help us find worth, but instead is an, an honest expression of who we are and where we are in our lives. And ultimately, I think that's what connects most deeply to people. I think people can sense that. I think people know when we as creative people are trying to manipulate them into liking us and when they are experiencing an authentic expression of who we are. Yeah, I find that to be true, especially I I speak from the music perspective, but there's a lot of times where you feel tempted to kind of create things to get respect from your peers Hmm. and people seem less interested in that kind of stuff. Yeah. And when I work on things where it's like, I'm just connecting to how I want it to sound. It feels like even sometimes, even those are the things that other musicians or people in the industry will be like, Oh, I like that one the most Mm. because it felt the most real. And it's like, Oh, I thought you would like the one where I spent six hours on the chorus, making sure it was catchy enough. Mm, So, you know, you never really even know what, those people are looking for sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Another healthy perspective to approach our work from is that our work does not define us. So here's what's interesting about this because I said our work does not define us, but it kind of does. We will associate ourselves with our work and other people will associate ourselves with our work as well. Um, But our work is changing over time. Uh, we are, our perceptions of ourselves are changing over time and people's perceptions of us are also malleable. They're also changing over time. And the creative process is just that it's a process. And along the way, we're discovering what we're making, how we make it. We're also discovering ourselves. And I think when we come to the work, okay, with the process of self-discovery, which I actually think is kind of what art is. It's an outward expression, a tangible expression of the process of self-discovery. 
And so when we come to that work recognizing that what we're making is an expression of who we are today, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, it's an expression of who we are today, but it's not a final statement about who we are. And so in that respect, our work does not define us because our work is ever-evolving. And because our work is ever-evolving, our perceptions of ourselves are also ever-evolving. And other people's perceptions of us are also ever-evolving. And so what we make today is not the definition of who we are. It is just the current expression, hopefully, the current honest expression of who we are. And that is an honest thing. Yeah, and I think that's why there's a lot of people who like things like demos. Hmm. And they like looking at, you know, sketches. Like, oh, Picasso sketched this in his notebook. It's not a finished painting, but you're seeing, all right, what is a guy who painted masterpieces what does he make when he has 10 minutes on his hands? Sure. And that's interesting to people. And people connect with that kind of stuff because they can relate to what you're doing. And even people like to go back and watch concerts from, you know, on YouTube of an artist that they love 20 years ago and see what they sounded like back then before they had a lot of practice in a big band and, you know, a big uh, musical director and all, all that. that stuff, yeah. yeah. So being authentic and making what you can make you know, where you are and what place you are in your life, people connect with that kind of stuff. Sure. Uh, Another thing that I think it's helpful for us to bring to the table is the recognition that what we make right now will never, right now and in the future, will never be perfect and it will never be complete. And so this unrealistic expectation that comes hand in hand with this idea that we're trying to find value or derive value through our creative work is, well, then it needs to be perfect. Because if I am trying to manipulate my own perception of myself or other people's perceptions of me through my work, then of course I'm going to want, I'm going to obsess over that work being perfect. And instead of expecting the work to be perfect or even complete, it's just okay for us to recognize this is the work as it exists in its own authentic expression. And like me, it is imperfect, and therefore I'm going to release it out into the world and hope that somebody connects with it. And even if they don't, that's okay because it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, we have, as artists, we have to give ourselves permission to make something people don't all love. Mm -hmm. That's just the reality of it, you know? Yeah. Taste is subjective at the end of the day anyway, so. Yeah. So in the end, I I think that the solution is not developing coping mechanisms uh, for the enduring uh, challenge of being someone who feels deeply. Uh, I don't think that the solution is distancing ourselves from our work. I think the solution, honestly, is getting okay with who we are. And for some people, that's through counseling Through some people, that's introspection. Through some people, that's having conversations with people they love and care about. Whatever it is, I think that moving into a place of greater health is actually the solution to all of our problems and is also the solution to the problem of, oh my goodness, I'm so afraid of making this thing and I'm so afraid of putting it out into the world because of what I think it will say about me. Uh, in my own view of myself or how others perceive or view me. And this uh, this isn't what this episode's about necessarily, but it feels like we're building towards an episode about Enneagram types. Great, let's do it. So 
you know, maybe stay tuned for a little nine-part series on uh, oh my. on the Enneagram and how to be a healthy artist. No, I'm kidding, but yeah. also maybe not. Maybe not. Okay, cool. We'll think about it. Yeah, let us know in the uh, in Instagram if that's something you'd be into. Cool. At Entrepreneur Podcast. Got the plug in. Great, great job, Adam. I'm really <laughs> proud of you. I now find you valuable and worthy. Thank you. Have a great day. We will see you next week. We'll see you next week. <laughs>